Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Old Testament, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The readings from the New Testament comes from Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but as salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Salt and light to the world. I, I think I don't have to really go into that. How many people, and I do want to see hands with this one because if I don't see enough hands, I am going to go into this. How many people know this scripture passage on salt and light that Jesus preaches, Jesus talks about in the gospel here? Can I see some hands? All right, good, good. And we all, we all understand what is going on with this. And, uh, but what I want to do today is I want to approach it from a perspective that most people have not considered because we do look at salt and light. We're like, oh, we get it. And then you go out into the world and you be your salt and light. And as with all things, you need to understand this within the context of the Old Testament and what's going on. And when you understand that, we're going to do that with this, with this message today, but when you understand that, you don't only understand the passage, you actually feel the impact that Jesus was making to the audience he was giving this message to on salt and light. And I promise you, when we get there, you're going, you're going to leave today with a new understanding of what is going on here with salt and light. Well, our first scripture passage involves Abraham. Well, at that point, they say Abram, but I'm going to just say Abraham. But uh, it involves Abraham, who was the founder of Judaism. And this scripture passage in Genesis 12 is where it all begins for the Jews. In this passage, you see God calling Abraham to leave the country he was a part of in order to follow him. So Abraham was in a certain place, and at this time in his life, he had a certain belief that he grew up with, and God was saying, you need to leave all of that behind and go to a place. Leave it all behind. Go to a place. I will show you this place, and you will follow me, because I can't use all that stuff that you grew up with, your culture, your beliefs, all the stories that you heard. You need to let all that go. 
all those gods of the world that you falsely believe in. It doesn't say that in Genesis here, but I want to show you the impact of, of Abraham's call. Leave all that behind. Go to this place. And Abraham had to be obedient to that call. That's what he had to do. It wasn't just like, I'm going from here to there. There was so much involved in going from here to here, here to there. He had to let go of everything that he knew. And in this passage, God makes Abraham a few important promises if he were to go, if he were going to respond to God um, obediently. God promises to form a great nation out of Abraham. And we know this nation to be Israel. God promises that Abraham will be blessed and even more so, others will be blessed by Abraham. And those that curse him will be cursed. Sounds like a pretty good deal right there so far, right? Well, sign me up. But most of all, here, here's where I want, want to set the focus. God promises that through Abraham's lineage, all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families. Very important to understand right there. See, God has a purpose for Abraham. And that was to form a special people through him. A people that would stand apart from the rest of the nations of the world. And we know this nation again to be Israel. And Israel was given the responsibility to set the example for the rest of the world to follow. And they, they would be the ones who would direct others to God. And get this. This is where you want to take note. They were called to be the salt of the earth and light of the world. But something happened along the way in Israel. Rather than set the example, they actually became part of the problem that God was trying to solve. They got caught up in the sins of the world, and you see this happening right from the very beginning. I mean, immediately upon receiving the law from God at Mount Sinai, we know that story, the Israelites are found worshiping a golden calf. Within the same context of receiving the law. Didn't take that long, did it? Then you have the book of Judges, which, which is described as a time of lawlessness going on. And then hope is seen in King David. King David comes along and hope is placed in King David. But after a while, Israel falls back into her patterns of sin. And God eventually does away with the kings of Israel. No more. And he exiles the people out of the land. And Israel is just laid to waste. There is no more Israel. They have no land and no more king at this point. But then, eventually, some of the people were allowed to return from exile. They were allowed to return back to the land that was promised to Abraham. And in time, they began to rebuild their lives there, and they rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem. So you have this new temple rebuilt, but that's it. That's it. Because by the time that Jesus enters into the scene, everything was under Roman rule. And again, there was no more nation state that they could call Israel. They were literally just descendants of Abraham, Jews living in a land that was not their own. And to them, they were pretty much still paying for their sins. So this is like the, the, the um, psychological or social perspective of these Jews here living in this land. Doesn't sound like one of hope, does it? 
That brings us right up to the edge of today's passage on salt and light, which is part of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, very famous sermon. And it begins in Matthew chapter 5. And here's what I want you to picture. I want you to picture the scene. They're out in the open, and there is a mountain. Why they call the Sermon on the Mount. And the scripture tells us that Jesus went up the mountain and began to speak. Kind of looks like Moses going up to Mount Sinai receiving the law. So he goes up to the mountain, up the mountain and begins to speak. And he opens up by addressing his audience. And this is very interesting because this section in the sermon, we look at and we say, these are the Beatitudes, okay? And then we study them. And this means this, this theologically means this. What is really going on here is Jesus is just providing an introduction to his sermon, just like I just did an introduction to the sermon moments ago. And he does it a little different. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are the meek, those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness. See, we take those things and we like, what is going on here? He's giving an introduction to a sermon. That's what's going on. Sometimes we look into things way too deeply because a sermon must have a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? You're listening to the beginning here. Blessed are the merciful and those who are pure in heart, and blessed are the peacemakers as well as those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. These are literally the people that make up Jesus' audience. There are poor there. There are people who are mourning there. There are peacemakers there. There are merciful people there. There are the lost people there. Do you see what's going on here? He's literally just addressing who's in the audience. We have all of those types of people here today, don't we? We saw that during prayer time when we lifted up the hearts of the people to God. There's all, there, that's what's going on here. And these are literally the people that make up Jesus' audience, and they are the descendants of Abraham. And they are blessed to be there to hear Jesus' words. But as you can see by Jesus' words here, they're not in such a good place, are they? They're broken. And after Jesus addresses his audience, he gets right to the point and he reminds them of God's purpose for them. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Do you feel the impact of that? It's much more impactful when you know the history, when you know the Old Testament, you tie it in to the story of God's people of Israel. You are the salt of the earth. In other words, you are God's people. You are Israel. You are the ones that are supposed to be the example for the rest of the world. You are a holy people who are supposed to direct people to God. God was working through you. Have you forgotten that? And that's the, that's the thrust of this statement. You are the salt of the earth. It hits them right in the heart. Are we really? Because we lost our way. And you're telling us we're salt to the earth. But then he says, but if salt has lost its taste, now he's getting to it. Now he's painting the picture. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You think they didn't feel that way? Now you're just rubbing the salt in the wound, Jesus. 
Because that's pretty much what they were feeling like. They didn't live up to the task. They they were anything but a good example to the world. So much that God exiled them from the land. They were salt that has lost its saltiness. This isn't a philosophical argument that Jesus is, is trying to say to them here. He's not trying to make, you know, to say, hey, let's talk philosophy. Let me teach you something. No, he's pointing out their state. And Jesus is saying, I get it. I get it, people. I know where you are at and what you are feeling. But then Jesus goes on to say that you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house, to all in the house. Light cannot be hidden, and God is going to uncover you so that you will shine again. And that's what they felt when Jesus said that. You feel like you're in the darkness. You feel like you're being covered up. I'll tell you what, I have come here and I'm going to uncover you. You are going to be the salt. You're going to be the light light of the world. Well, how is this going to happen, right? How are God's people going to shine again so that others will be able to see? So they're asking at this, they're they're hearing a sermon, what are you talking about? How are we going to be this? They're going to let their light shine before others through their good works, their living. And when others see that, it will point the way to God. And the rest of Jesus' sermon is about teaching them how to be the salt of the earth and light of the world. If you notice in this sermon here, it starts off in chapter 5. He gives the introduction, which we call the Beatitudes, and then he gets to the section on salt of the earth. He's really addressing their state, their living, them being lost in the darkness. He's not paying them a big compliment here. I got a feel-good message. You're salt of the earth. Okay, let's move on. Now, he tells them, he he states where they are at in life, and then he gives them the solution. And the rest of the sermon is him telling them, teaching them how to be salt and light. Okay? And before he gets to that portion, he does something very interesting. So, you're salt salt, salt and light. But by the way, before I get into the rest of this message here, what I'm about to tell you, I'm not here to... to, um, to, to um, do away with the law. We're going to reestablish the law. And then the rest of the sermon, he, he, he addresses that. It's all about the heart. It's all about doing the word, not just hearing the word. So everything, the salt and light, I think we know, we knew from the beginning of the sermon that this is about discipleship, right? It's all about discipleship, following Jesus. And why is this important? Why is salt and light important? It's important because it's, it's God's plan. And God's plan is that all the families of earth be blessed. All right? God's plan is not just an hour of worship on Sunday. You will hear me say that over and over and over again. God's plan is that you live out the worship service for the rest of the week. What do you mean? Go out and sing hymns to the world stuff? No. Go out and do the word. Put it in the practice. Let it just permeate your heart. All of us here today, most of us, I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but from what I, what I can tell, we're disciples of Jesus Christ and we are called to be salt and light. And it's interesting that at the end of Matthew, he says, go out into the world, baptizing the nations. You see that, that great commissioning going on. 
be salt and light to the world. Why? Because it's God's mission for all of you, not just to hang out together. <laughs> okay? Do the word. Learn the word. Oh, by the way, another, if, if, if you're um, having trouble doing the word, you might not know the word. Study your Bibles. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have to know who Jesus Christ is. You have to know what he's talking about. You have to know. If you're saying that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you affirm, I affirm the scriptures here, but I don't read it, you got a problem. And the problem's not with me. The problem's with you and God. I will say that, okay? So do the word, but, but, but through doing the word, you have to know the word. To be in a relationship with God... You, you have to open up the Bible and say, this is your revelation to me. Let's do this together and do it with each other. And listen, I, I realize when you look around at the world, it looks daunting. But it looked daunting to, to Jesus' audience. No king. But the king was standing right in front of them, right? They just didn't see it yet. You have a king. There is light in the world, and you are part of that light. So don't sit around waiting for the sun to shine, <laughs> right? Be the light. Listen, it only takes a little salt to bring out the flavor and a little light to penetrate the darkness. Do you know that? You do know that, right? But here's something I, I really want all of you to know, um, because when you go out into the world and you're like, I'm going to be salt and light, don't, don't get too confused. I'm not asking you to go out there and preach to people. I'm, going, I'm asking God's asking you to go out there and be a godly person, a discipleship of Jesus Christ with your hands. But here's the thing about salt. Salt brings out the flavor of things, okay? And when it comes to Scripture, when we look at this, we are always like, yes, we're salt to the world. We're bringing out flavor. Um, yeah, okay, but you're missing a, good, a big element there. You're bringing out flavor. Salt brings out good flavor, but it also brings out bad flavor. It enhances things, okay? So sometimes you're going to go out and you're going to do something in the world by being salt and light, and you're going to enhance bad flavor to the person. They're going to like just be like, oh, I don't want, I'm not interested in that at all, because it exposes sin, okay? Some people, you shine light on them, the first thing they want to do is go back out and go, go right back into the darkness, okay? What are you going to do? You're going to chase them, into the, chase them in the, into the darkness and just like pour more salt on them? <laughs> all right, keep on bringing out that bad flavor. Listen, I know that we all like to go out to the world and just home run every time. doesn't work that way. These things work through relationship. They take time, okay? And God's not asking you to go out there and sprinkle a little salt on someone. He's asking you to stick by their side, regardless of what they believe. Come alongside of them, love them, listen to them, understand them, and let the Holy Spirit work through those actions. Amen?